It's been a long time coming. You've been waiting all year for it. But finally, here it is. Some good news about the government. It's been quite a year, hasn't it? We've had three prime ministers, four chancellors of the exchequer, two foreign secretaries, three home secretaries, one of whom was reappointed within days of having had to resign. But finally, some good news about the government. And it's got nothing to do with the Tories or Labour. It's got nothing to do with Boris Johnson, Liz Truss, Rishi Sunak, or Sir Keir Starmer. Rather, it's got everything to do with the baby born in Bethlehem 2000 years ago. What do I mean? Well, I'm turning our attention for a few moments this morning to certainly one of, probably the most famous Old Testament verse prophesying the coming of Messiah. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Isaiah 9, 6. Familiar words. For unto us a child is born... Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We often focus on the beginning of the verse. What wonderful words those are. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Reminding us that in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, we have not only the birth of a child, but the gift of a son. That the child born there in the stable was none other than the son of the living God. And we often focus on the end of the verse. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, that's one name, not two. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And each of those names gives to us a, a, a wonderful insight into something of who the Lord Jesus Christ is and all that he came to do. But in our brief time together this morning with the Lord's help, I want us to zoom in on the middle of this verse. And uh, the government will be upon his shoulder. The government will be upon his shoulder. This statement which is then amplified in the next verse. Verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom. To order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Other governments may often be bad news, but this government is always good news. Three things. Number one, Jesus can carry what others can't. Jesus can carry what others can't. Look again at these words in the middle of this sixth 
verse. The government will be upon his shoulder. Notice not a government, but the government. And upon his shoulder. The picture here is of carrying a load, a weight, a burden. It's lovely to see some children here this morning. Uh, And perhaps children, um, you have the experience, or you did when you were younger, of being carried, perhaps on your dad's shoulders or your mum's shoulders or whatever. They would lift you up, put you on their shoulders, and they would, they would carry. Shoulders are used, among other things, aren't they, for, for carrying. Then perhaps when you get a bit older, you want to try to do the carrying. Maybe you've got a younger sibling, uh, a little brother or a little sister, and you like to pick them up and put them on your shoulders and show that you can do what daddy, for them what daddy and mummy used to do for you. So, this idea of being upon the shoulder is a picture of carrying a load, a, a weight, a burden. And surely to be in government is to carry a heavy burden. It may come with great privilege, but it also comes with huge responsibility. And why do governments fail? Well, because ultimately the burden becomes too great for them. They may carry that burden for a time, but they find that they cannot carry that burden for ever. And why is Jesus' government different? Well, because the burden is not too great for him. His shoulders are broad enough. Remember, this glorious statement we're focusing on is sandwiched between two others. The beginning of our verse which encourages us to think about this child, this child who is also a son, the son of God, eternal as God, equal with his father. And the end of the verse, which encourages us to think about his name, reminding us that he's God in human flesh, that he's the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, That the Lord Jesus Christ is God's revelation of himself to us in this sinful, fallen world. And we're being told this morning that the government will be upon his shoulder. That he can carry what others can't. And that's true on the macro scale in terms of the big picture. He is the one who holds the whole world in his hands who carries the whole world upon his shoulders. But it is also true on the micro scale, in terms of you and me and our little lives. This can be true for you this morning, my friend. This is wonderful good news that whatever you can't carry, Jesus can. That whatever is too heavy for you, you can bring to him. And he will carry it. More than that, when you trust in him, he will carry you. Jesus can carry what others can't. Number two, Jesus is achieving what others haven't. Jesus is achieving what others 
haven't. I said a few moments ago that this statement in the middle of verse 6, the government will be upon his shoulder, is then amplified in the next verse, verse 7, which begins with these words, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Now there is no one else of whom that could be said, is there? I look back over my lifetime, I've lived longer than some of you, but nowhere near as long as others of you, but I, I look back over my lifetime. And the longest UK government in my lifetime was that led by Margaret Thatcher from 1979 until 1990. Closely followed by that of Tony Blair a few years later from 1997 till 2007. Both were prime ministers for over a decade. Whatever you think about them as individuals or their governments, in many ways their governments were impressive. But though they lasted a decade, they didn't last forever, did they? Ultimately, all those who walk in through the door of 10 Downing Street, their experience of being Prime Minister ends the same way. There comes a day when they walk out of that door for the last time. But we're learning this morning that Jesus' government has no end. It will last forever. In the words here of this seventh verse, it will increase and increase and increase. It will grow and grow and grow. And that's what's been happening ever since Jesus was born as a baby in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. We think about his birth. The baby, the manger, the stable in despised little Bethlehem. Humanly speaking, it didn't look up to much, did it? But springing from his birth came his life. The words that he said, the actions that he did. The compassion that he showed, the power that he exercised, momentum is building. After his life came his death. Oh, how did it look? It looked as if it was all over, didn't it? It looked as if all his great claims were going to come to nothing. It looked as if the devil was going to have the last laugh. The reality was this kingdom was just beginning. Momentum is still gathering. After his death, of course came his resurrection. The tomb was found to be empty. Jesus had risen from the dead. And this emboldened his disciples so that when the Holy Spirit fell upon them, they went to the ends of the then known world with the good news of Jesus Christ, the only saviour for sinners. And the rest, we might say, is history. Because 2,000 years later, there are Christians all over the world, people all around the globe who are looking to Jesus Christ and trusting in him, the perfect life he lived on their behalf, the death that he died in their place and for their sin, his resurrection from the dead and the new life that he freely offers to all and they're trusting in him. And we're here today. And why are we here well, because Jesus was born and Jesus lived and Jesus died and Jesus rose again. And because of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Jesus is achieving what others haven't. 
Other governments may be impressive for a time, for a season, but ultimately they fall and they fail. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Jesus can carry what others can't. Jesus is achieving what others haven't. And number three, Jesus will reign forever and ever. Verse seven, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. Then this end of verse 7. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. We could paraphrase that, that the Lord God of heaven is passionately committed to seeing that this happens. In other words, we should be in no doubt about it. Whatever some may think, whatever some may say, Jesus will reign for ever and ever. Because he is the king of kings. We have learnt this year, haven't we, that the best of earthly monarchs only last a lifetime. As we bid farewell to our beloved Queen Elizabeth the second. As I said at the coffee morning earlier this week, she'd been around so long it almost seemed as if she'd be around forever. But eventually she had to depart this scene of time. And that happened earlier this year. The best of earthly monarchs only last a lifetime. But Jesus is the eternal king. What does this mean? Well, it means he's reigning now. He's sustaining all things. He's working his purposes out. He's saving a great multitude whom it would be impossible to number that they might spend eternity in heaven with him. Not only is he reigning now, but he'll reign forever when time is no more, when all other monarchs are no more. Jesus will be king forever and ever. It means this too. That he is the judge of all. Because the Bible is clear that there is a day that stands between time and eternity. A day when time will give way to eternity. Called by various names in the scriptures. The last day. The great day. The day of judgment. The day when I must stand. The day when you must stand. Before this eternal king. Jesus Christ the Lord. And on that day, his decision will be final. And some will go to be with him and to be in heaven. Those who have trusted in him as Savior and as Lord. And others will be sent away. Away from him. And away to hell. Those who didn't trust in him as saviour and as Lord. But there's good news this morning. This Jesus, he offers himself to you to be your saviour. To be your king. And you can make him your king this morning. As you bow your knee to him. As you give your heart to him. As you turn from your sin in repentance and trust in him in faith. On that day, his decision will be final. 
But you make your choice now. Each and every one of us has a choice this morning. We may accept this king or we may reject this king. We may love this king or we may hate this king. We may submit to this king or we may rebel against this king. But all oh, that none of us would reject or hate or rebel and just usher ourselves, propel ourselves at a greater speed towards a lost eternity. But all oh, that each of us may accept and love and submit. Because there's no king like this king. This one born 2,000 years ago. This one who lived and died and rose again. This one who is even now at God's right hand on high. This one who shall come, a long, come again one day. He desires only to do you good. He's looking at you this morning. He's calling to you this morning. He's willing to embrace you this morning. Or will you not look to him? Will you not cry out to him? Will you not run into his wide open arms of mercy? And would you experience not the dark side, but the bright side of this wonderful news about the government? That the government is upon his shoulder. That of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And that the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Amen.